This morning, we're going to study in the Old Testament a time when God broke into this individual's life and surprised him by revealing to this individual that God is a God who tests us. And I think one of the things that, that sometimes we may not think uh, about God as much is that he is a God who tests us, his called ones, his children. We may not think about this attribute regarding God, but there are times that the Lord will break into our lives and reveal this very fact to us. Um, I have a dear friend uh, who serves as a pastor in Thailand. His name is Baoji. This is a picture of Baoji. And Baoji, I've known for 15 years. He was born in Myanmar and uh, educated parents and an educated person himself, speaks like four languages. He loves the Lord. And he felt called uh, to Thailand, where he actually fled from a lot of persecution. And um, it was there in Thailand that he received the call to serve uh, all of these refugees that were on the Thailand and Myanmar border. There were like a million of them. And I've traveled with Baoji many times into these areas, far into the jungle. And at the beginning of his ministry, it was very difficult. He has three girls. Uh, he was living in an incredibly poor area. When I first met him, I cried and I wept when I walked into his house and I saw where he lived because of the conditions. Um, his, they were constantly hungry. Uh, the, 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 the degree of spiritual warfare was unbelievable. Snakes would attack his family, his kids, uh, strange, demonic, uh, just people who were possessed would come to try to discourage him in ministry. And finally, he just was like, I can't go on anymore. And he came to the point where he was like, I'm just going to leave this and, and do something I can do and make a lot of money. And uh, he received a, a job offer, and the next day he was the start or was to give an answer. Uh, would he receive this job? It was paying like 10 times what he was making. And uh, the Lord spoke to him, and the Lord said this, Baoji, if you will stay, I will bless you. If you will stay, I will bless you. And Baoji will tell you his testimony with tears in his eyes about that moment and how he decided to stay. And because of that, the miracles that would have taken place through this man's life are unbelievable. This next picture, this is the church. Uh, there's Tracy. This is the church that we help build. It is a training center for hundreds of pastors that have been used to impact the country of Myanmar. I mean, God has used this man to reach Myanmar in this area of Myanmar. He was the first one to bring the gospel there. And thousands have come to Christ. And all three of his girls have now graduated from college. It's, it's an amazing miracle. This is what God does. There's different ways that he'll break into your life, but he'll remind you that he is a God who tests you and that if you will persevere through the test, there is a blessing for you. But if you give up, you turn your back, you're going to lose that. And there is no greater scripture that talks about this than in Genesis chapter 22. So take your Bibles and turn there if you would. This is the ultimate test in scripture. Here, God comes to Abram. Now again, you cannot understand the book of Genesis unless you understand Genesis 12 
you can't understand the Bible unless you understand Genesis 12. In Genesis 12, God chooses a man. His name is Abram then. And he says, through you, Abram, I'm going to bless all the nations. All the nations on earth will be blessed through you. Through your lineage, through your seed, I will bless all the nations. Now, ultimately, that seed would lead to Jesus Christ. And through faith in Jesus Christ, all the nations have been blessed and are still being blessed. That is what the Great Commission is all about. Why are we out trying to share the gospel with the whole world? In fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant and the Great Commission. And let me tell you, when the Abrahamic blessing through Christ comes to every nation, Jesus Christ will return. And the whole covenant of Abraham was predicated on a son. And Abraham and Sarah find themselves with no children. And finally, you come to Genesis 21, and and Sarah, at the age of 90, gets pregnant. Can you imagine that, ladies? Is there anyone here that's 90? You know? Abraham is 100. And his wife gets pregnant, and they have a son, and they name him Isaac. You come to the end of chapter 21, and they move to a place called Beersheba, and things are good. Things have settled down. They're secure. They have their little child, the promised child, Isaac. And they're comfortable. And then all of a sudden, it's in the midst of that comfort that a test comes. Whoa. And is this ever a test? Chapter 22, verse 1. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. Now, what you need to understand is Abraham didn't know that. Moses wrote Genesis. And God revealed to him that it was a test. But in the moment of the test, Abraham didn't know he's being tested by God, just like you right now. You're going through something. You may not know you were in a test orchestrated by God. You could read verse 1, sometime later, God said to Abraham. From Abraham's standpoint, God's just speaking to him. He didn't know this was a test. And Abraham said, here I am. Just like you, you talk to God and you say, here I am, Lord. I'm your servant. And God said, well, take your son, your only son, Isaac. Okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? Teach him? Train him? Love him? No. Your son whom you love and go to the region of Moriah and sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountain. I will tell you about. I want to ask you, who is the person you most love? What is your most prized possession? What is the most special thing to you. And for Abraham and Sarah, it was their son who they prayed for all these years, the son of promise through which the blessing would come. And God is saying, now go take this son and sacrifice him. What would you do? <laughs> Look what Abraham did. Early the next morning, Abraham got up. I mean, whoa, he, he's being obedient. And he saddled his donkey. And he took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set up for the place God had told him about, on the third day, it's a three-day journey, he's able to think about what's going on. What would you be thinking about? Why is God having me do this? To sacrifice my son? This is what the pagans do. How could God be asking me to do this? And you're looking at your little boy? 
And you're making this journey for three days. Some of you have been wrestling through something you're facing at for three years. And on the third day, Abraham looked up and he, and he saw the place in the distance. He said to his servant, stay here with the donkey and I'm going to go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. So they go to Mount Moriah. Mount Moriah, this is Mount Moriah right here. That's Mount Moriah. Mount Moriah is Jerusalem. It's the place where the temple was built. It's the place where Jesus would go and he would die on a cross for the sins of the world. But you've got to take all of this away because this is not here. It's only a mountainside at this point. And Abraham takes him here. Abraham took the wood from the burnt offering and placed it on his son. What a picture of what Jesus, 2,000 years later, would take that wood on his shoulders and walk to Mount Moriah. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. And the two of them went on together. Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father. Jesus would say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And here we have little Isaac, Father. Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And God would provide 2,000 years later as well. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac. Can you imagine that? Tying up your boy. And he laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and he took a knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord, the pre-incarnate Christ again, called out from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy. He said, do not do anything to him. The test ends at this point. The purpose for the test is revealed. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught in its horns. He went over, took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. Here we have the first glimpse of a substitutionary sacrifice. This is what Jesus would be one day for us. So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide and to this day. On the mountain of the Lord, he will provide. And of course, 2,000 years later, the greatest provision ever. Substitutionary sacrifice for your sins was provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself. Here's the reiteration of the covenant now declares the Lord that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars of the sky and as the sand of the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring, all nations on earth, there's 237 nations on earth, will be blessed because you have obeyed me. And one day Christ will come and all nations will be blessed. Because of faith in him, their eternal destiny will be ever secure, becoming my children. Then Abraham returned to his servants, and they set off together for Beersheba, and Abraham stayed 
in Beersheba. Wow. <laughs> what a moment. God revealing to Abraham the fact that he is the God who tests. And that is Abraham, right which we see right here, persevered through this unbelievable test. There is a blessing not only for himself and his family, but all the nations. Unbelievable. All right. Who would like to try to summarize what we have just read in your own words? You just stand right now. Give us a summary. A summary is a short statement of just the drama that has taken place here. Here's a summary. This is a story. This is a narrative of a father who takes his son into the wilderness to sacrifice him because God asked him to do so, but then God intervenes and says no, stops him, and that man is blessed because he endured the test. That's, a, that's just one summary. Give me a summary. Give me a summary is not the meaning of it, not the point of it. Just tell me what, what happened here. You just heard it. Give me your own summary of just this drama, this narrative. Let's go ahead and bring a mic over here. Please stand as soon as you can so we get a mic to you right away. And uh, anyone else got a summary? Stand. Go for it. Do your best. Give us a summary. This is a story about? Um, okay. Let me start where I, th I feel it hit me the most. I, I always think about the three days journey. Okay. The same three days that Jesus Christ was in the grave. Um, so many foreshadows of Jesus Christ in this story. Um, it's also... Abraham's test, but it's also Isaac's example as well, because Isaac listened to the father, his father. Um, he knew at some point what was going to happen to him, and he stayed. He didn't get up and run anywhere. Um, so I just am overwhelmed by the Okay, you're giving the point of this right now. Mm -hmm. I want a summary. I'm not trying to cut you off, but I do want to teach us what we're trying to get out. I'm going to come back to you in a second, Okay. Someone give me a summary. Just tell me this narrative is about. And just do your best to do it. I'm not talking about what the meaning is or what most hit you. What's this about? It's about a father and a son. It's about God. And a man who does what God tells him to do. It's just the summary, a very succinct statement of what this is about that we just read. That's all we're trying to get at right now. Go ahead. Um. God came to Abraham and asked him to go take his son to Mount Moriah to um, offer him as a sacrifice. And Abraham obeyed, and it took him three days to get there. And when they got there, Abraham did not explain this to Isaac, but he, he went through the motions. I just can't understand how he could wow. do this, but he put Isaac on the altar, and Isaac was um, compliant mm. to this, and uh, Abraham was actually going to go through this, and God saw his heart that he was giving up this only son of promise, and um, mm. God intervened when he saw Abraham was going to give up his only son Perfect. and provided another sacrifice. Outstanding. She didn't add anything to it. She didn't take anything away. It's a summary. It's your own words of exactly what happened. The idea of a summary is if you had to tell this story to someone, what would you say? In just a short summation, go for it. Rely on God's promise. Don't let circumstance distract you. Okay. There's a promise of God that we want to rely upon. Okay. 
We didn't introduce any of the characters, which you need to do if you're going to summarize the story. So again, one more time here, just a summary of the story. Okay. Um, a father obeys an unthinkable command to sacrifice his child. Hmm. Fantastic. That's a short summary of it. I love it. Okay, let's go on to the next one, okay? It's going to take a while maybe to understand what I'm saying by, that's why I'm slowing us down, trying to teach us so that in the weeks ahead, the next time you give a summary, you tell the short version, not the meaning, but just how would you tell this story to your kids about what it was, okay? Now, now let's go to the next question, which what jumps off the page to you? Now, you had right over here a great, this is what jumped off the page to me. This is what nailed me. And this is the next one. So some of you just stand up. What jumps off the page to you from this passage? What hits you between the eyes? What really moves in your heart when you heard there's one part of the story that most spoke to you? So who would like to stand and just give us that part, you know, that really tugged on your heart? And uh, go for it. Right over here and then over here. Okay, in verse 5 where it says, we will go up and worship and we will return when Abraham was talking to his servants. I think the three-day journey was a blessing. I don't think he worried those three days. I think he remembered all that God had done for him in the past. Mm. And it gave him the confidence to be able to say, we will go worship wow, and we will return. Wow, what a statement of faith, yeah. That Abraham said, we will return. And he's remembering the character of God and the faithfulness of God, that even though he doesn't understand it, he had faith, that, and so God comforted him to know that they would make it back. Go for it. Well, what got me was the, uh, when God asked him to sacrifice his son, you know, Abraham didn't say, well, let me think about it. He mm -hmm. didn't even, wow. you read scripture, he didn't even think twice about it. He, you know, he said, let's go. That's all it's my Wow. Thing. So immediate obedience is what spoke to you. Yeah. Go for it. Uh, there are two things that jumped out to me, and uh, the phrase that said, um, he said, the Lord will provide, mm. even though he didn't know how or yeah. when yeah. or what that provision would be. He never saw it. God never told him, yeah. and he just had faith that Lord would provide. Amen. Um, now, there's a, a historic thing that kind of um, okay. hits to me, too, is that I think when God called Abraham, you know, that was the beginning of him calling a people to himself to be different from all the other communities around them. Yeah. And if you remember that all the communities around them were sacrificing children to yeah. Baal, Baal, whatever yeah. his mm -hmm. name is. And so I also think that this is also um, to show that God's people were different yeah. and that God... Um, you know, he obviously, he created us. Yeah. And so I think okay. he was... Fantastic. Appreciate it. Got to keep moving here. It's 30 seconds or less, guys. Go for it. Um, what jumped out to me was that twice in this story, he's, God said that because you sacrificed your only son, or were willing to sacrifice your only son, um, I will bless you. And it just kind of, if you put the two stories side by side, God sacrificing Jesus was not easy for God either. And, you know, it shows how much he really loves mm. us that he would, he didn't make Abraham do it in the end, but he yeah. actually did it for us. Imagine all, this, all of the things that Jesus had to go through and God had to watch all of that. And wow. he had to see his son slain on the cross. And so it's, it's, 
the correlation's crazy, but God is, is mm. almighty, and he, um, he went through with it. Amen. Thank you. One more. Okay, I have to go back to last week where we learned that um, Sarah and Abraham, their offspring were going to inhabit the, the earth, but they had no kids till about 80 years later, yeah. 80 years. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they have a child, and then he must have been in his teens because he was able to walk, and he was um, told to take him and sacrifice his only son. So that intrigued me. Wow. I mean, just can you imagine that? That request of God. What a test. Okay, let's talk about God. What do we discover about God from this? Do you want to share? Okay, right here. Right here. Uh uh. Wait, wait, wait for the mic. Wait for the mic. What do we discover about God from this scripture? Just his word. To obey is better than sacrifice. Yeah, is obey. Obey God. What else do we discover about God here? The table here is um, obedience, have faith, trust him, and that as long as you are with him, that everything will, you know, it's his plan, and we'll be blessed. Okay. When we obey God, we're blessed. Now, that's talking about us. That's saying what's going to happen to me when I, what is this revealing about God? What does this tell us about God, his character, his nature? What do we learn about God from this scripture? Not what should we do, but what does this reveal about God? Go for it. Um, that God is Jehovah Jireh, and he will provide. Amen. This is, there's nothing greater that this scripture reveals about God than he is the God who provides. Wow. Awesome. That God is faithful and is able to fulfill all his promises. Wow. As he has said. God is faithful to his promises. Fantastic insight into it all. Got to come down to use the mic because we're recording. What else? Go for it. Got anyone else? Go for it. Mike's got to get quickly to people. Please stand if you've got something. Go for it. Testing proves results. Okay. So God works through tests and results come uh, as we persevere. Go for it. What else about God? Uh, what I see is, is his love for us in that he was willing to sacrifice his son wow. to redeem us to himself by his own wow. love. Yeah. I mean, here God has asked Abraham to do something that God himself would do later as the ultimate revelation of his love for us. Fantastic. What else about God? Well, you would uh, expect the unexpected. Okay, that we can expect the unexpected from God. That he's not a God that you can put in a box and just like easily, you know, get your mind around. This is like, whoa. So in your life right now, is there something that's going on? Never saw this coming, but that is who our God is. What else about God? That we're, we're going to be put through some hard tests. We're going to be put through some hard tests, some things that we don't quite understand a lot. That's how God works. Wow. What else about God? Um, do we love God more than anything else? Do we love God more than anything else? Fantastic. Okay. What does this tell us about man now? What does this tell us about man? How do you see yourself here? What do we learn about the nature of man, the decisions of man? What do you see here that we see portrayed in the characters here that aren't God, but in Abraham, in Isaac. Go for it. I think uh, this specific passage, um, if we look at why would God test Abraham, it's because his focus got focused on Isaac instead of God. Okay. So in a way, he will, I want to know what's in Abraham's heart. So in that Ah. manner, you know, Abraham proved that, hey, you are still number one in my life. Okay. So there's times 
that uh, God will test us because he's wanting to find out what truly is in our hearts. There's times our hearts, our affection can be maybe uh, sidetracked. Okay? What else does it say about man? Anyone else? Okay? Go for it. We've got over here. Right over here. What does it say about man? It's saying that Abraham was, a, was an example of a man following through. And how many times have, has God called me and I failed? Hmm. I didn't have to give up my first child, but hmm. he told me to tell someone about Jesus, and I was, I was, I was a coward. Wow. I didn't do it. So we can, at times, look at someone and say, it's incredible that Abraham would do this. And we look at that as kind of convicting because there's times that Lord has prompted us to do something so less and we're not um, faithful in even doing that. Great insight there, Jim. Appreciate it. What else about man? Um, the two verses about trusting in the Lord with all your heart and leaning not mm-hmm. on our own understanding. Wow. And that all things, all things work together for good to those who love God. Amen. I mean, what an example of someone who did trust in the Lord with their whole heart. And that God does, in the final result of it all, work something so amazingly for good. Incredible. One more. Um, It tells me that sometimes you have to be willing to do things that look ridiculous or crazy to other people Mm -hmm. because you have faith and that your faith might be their proof source. Wow. Powerful. Powerful. See, God is a God that, that sometimes will push us out of our comfort zones. He'll push us out of our comfort zones. And he tests us. Because he wants to know, where is our hope? Where is our love? Where is truly our affection? The first commandment in the Bible in Exodus chapter 20, verse 1 is what? Thou shalt have what? No other what? Gods before me. Did Isaac start to become a god? The greatest commandment in the New Testament is what? Matthew 22, verse 37, it's what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. So I bring that back to you. What's your most prized, most precious possession? Is that becoming a God? Is that, is, or is your affection more there than for God? Because the context is that God often tests us when our affection could be wavering from him. He's a jealous God. God tests us not to make us miserable, but to disrupt our comfort zones, thereby moving us to become reliant upon him, to loving him, to trusting him, to worship him, and him only. One of the things that my dad taught me growing up is he would always say to me, Mark, there are no problems There are only tests that are designed to grow you. It's so easy for us to label this a problem. But when you label something a problem, you're saying God's not a part of it. How do you know God's not a part of what you think you're going through right now that you think is a problem and it's not a test from God? And that test is given to you to grow you, to cause your affection to be totally in God so that he can bless you. Now, I want you just to take that in a little bit, but what I'd like you to do at your tables right now is, with everything that's been said, how can you obey this passage? 
What is it that God wants you to take from this scripture and literally this week obey? And what I'd like you to do at your tables is to write a table obedience statement. How, and I'd like your, your statement to be, begin by saying this, we are going to. Well, what are you going to do in light of this passage? That's your obedience. And as a table, you're going to write this out, and then guess what? We're going to interview a whole bunch of your tables a little bit later. How can you obey this passage? And you're going to write down, we are going to da-da-da. You fill in the blanks. Take a couple minutes. Set your, your tables. Go for it. Write out your statements. Okay. Let's go ahead and uh, get a few tables. Let's get some representatives Represent your table. Stand up and give us your, we will, we are going to, what are you going to do as a table? What are you committing to do to follow this, the word of God that we've studied this morning? Go for it. We are going to trust and obey his word in whatever circumstances we may face in life. Wow. That's big time. I mean, that really is. We're going to trust and obey in whatever circumstances we may face in life. I mean, that... I pray those aren't just words, but those are like, because you don't know what kind of circumstances you're going to face this week. And to live this out is truly, I mean, life-changing. That's a powerful statement. I mean, thanks for sharing that. That's great. Let's go over to this side. We are going to obey God whenever he calls us. Wow. We're going to obey God whenever he calls us. Whoa. That's big time. Yeah. We have to obey God even when it is not easy, even oh. if we have to suffer. Suffering produces perseverance. Perse perseverance produces faith. Wow. You know, we live in a, a culture, a Christian culture that's so soft. Are you hearing me? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that's always the case. Mm -hmm. When things get difficult in marriages, spouses run. Things get difficult at work or with a boss or I'll just move to another. Whoa, these are deep things. They're powerful things. And see, God's revealing to us. Let's not forget the big picture this morning. God shows up at different times. And he reveals himself to us as a God who tests us. And if we're willing to persevere through the test, there is such a blessing for us. I trust the Lord is revealing himself to you right now in a loving way. Let's go over here. Um, we're going to listen to God, rely on his promises, not follow our, our human nature, practice obedience, live by faith, and trust and know God will work it out. <laughs> wow. Awesome statement. Love it. Yeah. Ditto. Um. <laughs> <laughs> We are going to follow through when even the, though the circumstances is difficult, give up what might take away the place of God. Wow. Powerful. Yeah. Um, we are going to obey and know that we, by realizing we need to take out any idols or blessings that have become mm. competing with God's lordship. Wow. Big time. Yeah. We are going to pay attention to where our time and thoughts are going during the week so that we can make God number one. Wow, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, we're going to listen to God's voice, obey him, and even if it involves sacrifice of some kind, 
to keep him first in our lives. Wow. Powerful. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, we're going to listen to the voice of God, surrender to his will, because we know there are blessings in surrender. Mm. Great. Um, we're going to have faith in what God is wa wanting us to do. Mm. Love it. Okay. We are going to learn how to have a stronger faith and to trust God more. Mm. Um, because we're not willing to sacrifice anybody we love, we have decided that we would identify something this week that God is calling us to give up, not just as a sacrifice, but as a test of our faith. Wow. Powerful. Wow. That's, yeah, that's learning to look at life completely different. This is a test of my faith versus a problem that I eliminate or I run from Whoa, what a difference. That's life-changing. Yeah. We're going to commit to pray to, for one another so we can just pray for ones in need that we meet every day in our workplace or wherever we go. Amen. Powerful. One more. We are going to put God first by praying, meditating on his word, and listening for his voice. Wow. Love it. This is the statement I wrote just as I kind of prepared for this. I just said, I am going to remember there are no problems only tests, and with God's strength, I will persevere through the test for your pleasure and for my growth. In the book of Genesis, chapter 15, verse 1, we didn't point this out, but earlier it said, God came to Abraham and he said, do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield. I am your very great reward. Abraham, I am your very great reward. I am. Would you follow God if there's nothing in it for you? What if there's nothing in it for you? Would you still follow God? Because he'll test you. I am your great reward. I am your prize. See, God is a jealous God. He wants all your affection. He wants all your love. He died for you. He rose again. And he wants your whole heart. And if your affection is elsewhere, if it's in money, possessions, people, even your child, your grandchildren, your house, your car, your reputation, your name. I have to share with you, God will come after that because he loves you. You're not designed for this. You're designed for him. And he's a God who lovingly, lovingly surprises us through sometimes tests. Who is, who is it, I wonder, <clears throat> one person you could tell about this God who tests? Maybe you know someone who's just going through something that you need to share with them that, you know, God can be in the midst of all of this. I mean, that's a tender conversation. But what a deep conversation. And maybe the greatest thing this person could hear, would you be coming to them and just saying, can I give you a summary of what I learned last Sunday at church, there was a man named Abraham. God told him to take his son Isaac. It was a test. And you could speak to them about what God has revealed himself to you this morning. Who is it? I'd like you to talk about that at your tables. Take a moment. Who could you and is God calling you to share with someone about the God who tests? Take a moment, talk about that at your tables.
Okay. Let me pose a question here for our community. And I'd like some of you to just uh, stand up and give a word of encouragement on how we, as a group, can pray for what we just heard. In other words, what can you pray for or against based on this passage? What should we as a ministry be praying for or against based on what we've just heard this morning? How can we pray based on everything we've heard? How do we need to be praying? And when we think of praying, we're praying for our kids, our family, our community, the nation, the world, our church. How should we be praying in light of this passage? Yes, David. We can pray that um, we will look for God's direction and then follow it even if it doesn't make sense. Wow. Powerful. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Pray for courage that when God does tap on your shoulder and ask you to share his word that you'll do it. It's mm. a hard thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. Please stand if you've got something. So we get a mic right to you. And thank you for all of your sharing. It's a blessing, guys. It really is. I can't help but think that you pray for the miracle and mm. know that God's going to provide it. That ram was in the thicket. There you go. The pray for that ram. Yeah. I mean, you're going through something amazingly difficult, and God's got the provision right over here. Ladies. Yeah, ladies, pray for that man. Men, pray for that ladies. She's right in the thicket. She might be at your table right now. <laughs> Sorry about that. Just had to go there. Yeah, but yes, we should pray for that. God's provision is there. Well, I think we should pray for wisdom, courage, and strength Amen. to follow his word and to be able to be bold, to reach out as much people as we can. Amen. Because things are going Amen. to the worst instead of... Thank you. It's beautiful. Now, I believe this. I believe there's someone at a table right now that I just want to have everyone sit down. There's someone at every table right now who needs prayer. There's someone, one person at your table, and we're going to give a couple minutes for your table, your team, to come around that person. If you want to get around that person after they've shared and put a hand on them, I want a prayer of blessing. God's provision over, someone is in need of a miracle at your table. If you're in need of that, you speak up. And table, you come around that person, you pray a prayer blessing over them in the name of the Lord, and then I'm going to wrap up in two minutes. you got two minutes to do that. Go for it. Okay. We want to do a couple things before we leave. First thing, what's next? I want you to look around your team, and right now look at everyone and say, we are a team. Now say it louder. We are a team. Much better. Now I want you to point to one person and they point to you. Point to one person and they point to you. Say, you are my prayer buddy. You are my prayer buddy. Everyone's pointing to someone. Everyone gets pointed at. You are my prayer buddy. Say that. All right. So what you're going to do is you're going to pray for them this week. And if you can call them and Pray a prayer blessing over them, and you get them live. That's amazing. But even if you give them on their recording the fact that you prayed for them, that'll be an encouragement. I'm going to pray. If you haven't exchanged phone numbers with them, you should do so. If you have a lot of faith, you'll give them your credit card number too. 
Okay. We don't want to take it too far. Hey, guys, there are some, I have no idea, what are these called here? These are plants. They're not marijuana plants, even though that's legal, right? These are flowers. They're from the ladies' ministry. Take one home and plant it. Does that sound good? They're around here. On my right and left, they're around here. Hey, you guys, let's stand. Let me pray for you. I'll let you guys get off to the next service here. Next Sunday, I can't wait, we get to study the God who is. The God who is. And we'll discover a new way that God reveals himself, breaks into our life. Let me have the privilege of praying for you. And thank you guys for being gracious also. What I mean by gracious is this. I'm trying to train us in how to answer the questions according to the question. Please don't take anything I would ever say personally. I love you. You know I love you, right? I'm just trying to lead us. And you guys are doing an amazing job. And I see a lot of you guys standing. I'm sorry I couldn't get to you all. I just can't. I'm looking at the clock. We never have enough time until we get to heaven. Amen? I can't wait for that. And I could say some of you are looking like you're closer there than others. Good. You're listening. Good. I was just checking. That, that's part of the God who tests right there. All right. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your love, for you being a God who tests us. But, Lord, never to the point where you overwhelm us. You promise us that. And no testing is overtaking you, but such as is common to man. And with it, you give us the way out, the escape. And I thank you for that, Lord. And I just pray that we could lean into you this week, that we would know we're being prayed for, that as we walk by faith, Lord, and we persevere through the test, not around it, that, Lord, there is a blessing. And then the dam kind of breaks. And like Karen said, there's a blessing. There's a ram in the thicket that you provided, and it's beautiful, and this is how you work. So show us what that looks like in our lives as we walk with you this week. Thank you, O oh God, for this special time. And everyone said...